Howdy friends, welcome to Experience Design with Tony Dosat. I happen to be Tony Dosat. Now listen, before we jump into this week's conversation, if you are a UX designer that is having a hard time getting a job or landing an interview or even getting noticed, I made an online course just for you. It's the course I wish I had when I was out there trying to find work. So head over to HiredUX.com, H-I-R-E-D-U-X.com, and there I'm going to teach you the tools, mindset, and process you need to stand out above the crowd and get hired. Now then, with that out of the way, let's get into the interview. My guest this week is the CCO and co-founder of Council Creative. He's worked with brands such as Vans, Sony, the NFL, Michelin, and Rubbermaid, to name a few. It's my pleasure to have on the show today, Mr. Kenny Morgan. Kenny, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Tony. I really appreciate it, man. You know, it's interesting. You had quite the run in sort of a corporate environment, working for somebody else. You did the marketing and business thing in college. But then we find you starting your own thing, council. Why on earth would you do that? What was the switch about? I think I could say in marketing, you have a, you probably have about 99% insanity and 1% brilliance. And maybe <laughs> that particular day was that 1% brilliance or 99% uh, craziness, depending on how you look at it. But I think, uh, I mean, you really set it up well. I mean, I've had a, I've been fortunate to have had a lot of experience in, you know, a couple of different realms. You know, I, I did go through the corporate world and I think that was a bit of, you know, a push from my college background. I went to school for marketing. And so that, that marketing side of my brain said, you know what, we should try out the corporate world for a while. And, uh, you know, other times the more right side of my brain, the creative said, you know, I think the agency path is the way for us. And so, you know, honestly, my pathway went from agency to corporate agency to corporate and then freelance and then starting a company with my wife. And so it was a lot of like back and forth, but to answer your question on, in terms of uh, landing on a, starting our own business, I think, you know, I was really fortunate to have a lot of really great mentors through the jumping back and forth between creative agency and corporate world. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, the agency and corporate world are vastly different agencies. It's long hours, it's a uh, fast paced and you go to the corporate side of things and it's the opposite. It's mm. uh, most people pack up, you know, four thirty, five o'clock. I think I laugh about one of my first weeks at a corporate job, you know, I asked my new boss, you know, this new product that she had given me, I asked when it was due and, you know, I, it was a similar project that in the agency world would be due the next day. And she told me sometime within the next month, and I was like, wow, like, <laughs> like at first I was a little bit like, man, I'm, I'm about to just coast on vacation here. Like I'm going to be just hanging out, you know? But then I realized quickly just how life was passing me by and felt like a lot of time was wasted. And so I was, again, I was really fortunate to kind of go through these two paths to find things that I really loved about them and it helped shape, you know, who I am as a creative. Um, but then a lot of things that, you know, I felt like that we could do better and not from a prideful standpoint, but just say, you know what, we want to you know, treat clients better. We want to treat you know, our team better. We want to be more efficient with our time, but also respect people's personal lives and space. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, probably the place that we, you know, feel most inspired is getting out in nature. We do a lot of national park trips. You know, my wife and I came back from a trip and it just hit us. Like, surely we can love people and do really great design and, and uh, help people build emotional connections. And why not jump on this crazy adventure? And, you know, it's kind of how Council Creative was birthed. 
How has the dynamic of co-founding this place with your wife, how has the dynamic changed in your relationship? Yeah, that's a really great question because I it, people almost say it as a joke. There, a lot of people say, "How in the world could you be involved in a business with your spouse?" You know, it's, and most people say that in a way like they don't like their spouse. For us, <laughs> is you know, I mean, marriage. You know, for those who are married, the married listeners out there, marriage is all is tough, no matter whether you're in business or not. You know, life there's a lot of challenges and things happen, and so. You know, they always say, like, don't go into business with your friends. Well, I would hope that most people's spouse is one of their best friends. It should be. And I think for us, you know, we really just enjoyed being with each other. And I think COVID, I know this is a, a bit of an evergreen message, but I think people are getting to see, you know, what it's like to be near family or near friends a little bit more often mm-hmm. um, and not be separated because the corporate world, you know, can keep family separated most of the time. And so for us, it was just like, you know, we really love being around each other. We, my wife's from an HR background and business administration. I'm from the creative path. So it just seemed to balance out really well. But I think for us, you know, we've had two kiddos now. And so it's a little bit more challenging because, you know, we have to kind of sidestep a little bit to take care of them. And, but more than anything, we just, I don't know, we love uh, that we both come from different backgrounds. You know, I'm so into the design and the creative process, but my wife has a good way of just giving us a dose of reality and what, you know, maybe the the public Mm. opinion would be versus my own because I'm so thick into it, you know? So it's, for us, it's been a blessing. We get to spend more time with each other. So, I mean, for those that enjoy being with their spouse, you know, I I wouldn't trade it. It's been nothing but positive for us. My wife and I have done some ventures in business together and I feel the same way. You know, it's Mm. every night we would, we just riff on, different things that are going on or different ideas. And, you know, sometimes we just go, all right, let's make something out of that. (laughs) You know, and it's always been like a side thing and it's either worked out or hasn't worked out or whatever the case may be of how it ends or how it gets sold off or whatever. But I value her so much. It's like, why wouldn't I want this person as part of the thing that we're building and to do it together is like really powerful. Now, Uh, I I love that. You brought up one thing. You got two kids, and I know what the entrepreneur life is like. I know what owning your own business is like, and I know what having toddlers is like and having kids (laughs) is like. I don't know what it's like to do it both together Mm -hmm. and the amount of pressure you must feel as a business owner. Both of you are in it. You're Mm -hmm. in it 100% together. Does that ever keep you up at night? Uh, yes, it does. It actually physically keeps me up at night because there's so much work to be done. So it's like on one end, it's just the, the sheer work volume keeps me up at night. And then other times it's, uh, you know, it is a, it's a huge responsibility and, and pressure to, um, we call our team, our family as well, our creative family, but we have responsibility to take care of them and to take care of our own personal family too. So it, it does, you know, but I don't know. I mean, I think we, you know, just in the last four or five months, we've we felt a big push to kind of niche down a bit in, in an area. And, um, you know, and I don't know, I just have found that, uh, you know, fear doesn't get me into a lot of great situations that nothing really, nothing, you know, I think there's a, there's a balance. There's, there's sometimes where it's either discernment, which pushes you in the right direction, or it's fear that just kind of prevents you from stepping into something that could be really beneficial for your family and for your business. And, you know, I've really got to be be mindful of which one is operating in that moment. And yeah. for us, you know, like 
you know, it's, it's good to have that cautiousness. But when I've not been so worried and stayed up late at night and just kind of let the process unfold, it's been incredible to see just, you know, how things work out. And that's, I think that's where we try to pivot, stop being so fearful about how we're going to provide and just focusing on, you know, serving people the best and loving each other and doing great work and just trusting that the opportunities are going to continue to come. There's always a day. I mean, 2020 is a great example of going from really, really good. Like, you know, for most businesses, the charts were just going up and then we got to experience the, the complete opposite. And so you just never know, but I just know that we, we try to focus as much on the positives. Even in this year, we did have a break in you know business where we were slower than normal, but it, it was an opportunity for us to, to niche down and really figure out, you know, what do we do best and what do we love doing and how do we serve people in the greatest ways? And so, I mean, I think there's moments that keep you up late at night are opportunities to, I think, to grow. And so I, I try to not be stressed out about it, but use it as a way to get better in different ways. I think that's a great point about getting better in those different ways when you evaluate things like that. And, you know, I looked at your promo video for Council and mm. comes in, you're at the lake and you're on a campfire. And immediately, of course, my mind goes to, you know, that is a breeding ground for storytelling. Absolutely. And do you inject that sort of feeling of storytelling and togetherness into everything that Council does? Absolutely. And I think even... Uh, even in the last four to five, six months, I think our, our niche, and, and a lot of people say this, you know, so it's, it's not necessarily exclusive, but we really found that like storytelling is where we belong because and I think the slogan or the phrase that we've been using lately is we help brands emotionally connect through story-driven experiences because, you know, I tell the story a lot and it's a bit cliche, but, you know, I am 33, so I got to see I was around enough before Apple iPods and Apple phones. And so like in high school, I temporarily had a beeper. I had a flip phone. So, you know, I was around before and and after. But one thing with Apple that I've always just appreciated as a brand is, yes, they have beautiful products. And yes, they do impact life in a big way. But the way that they marketed their product was through emotional connection. So you see a commercial where, you know, a, a young couple is filming their daughter's first birthday or, you know, a family is just, you know, discovered this beautiful waterfall that they've never been to before. And so, you know, my pathway took me through the, I actually worked for the carpet industry for a few years. And then I worked for a company that made floor liners for cars. And so those products in and of themselves are nowhere near as sexy as Apple products. <laughs> but the challenge for me was like, I don't, I don't want to live in this world of banner ad advertising. And what I mean by that is I don't want something flashy that the reason why you click on it is because it just randomly got your attention. Like I want, I believe that the right way to market for us is, is there's a brand and a product organization service, and then there's an end consumer. And I believe that the right way to market is through that emotional story. They either want it and need it or they don't. And I think we've got to figure out how to tell the story. So the people that do need it, I guess, can participate. And so, yeah, you nailed it on the head and that's what we're all about, whether it's through design and the way that we craft the voice and the copy to kind of tell that story, or it's more in the new kind of niching down in their video and just trying to think outside the box and how to tell authentic stories that are true. And um, I think that's really what makes a difference. The thing it's like storytelling has been the thing that has survived for millennia. <laughs> it's true. <you> know? <laughs> it's like you'd think that more people 
would climb on to the idea that, hey, this is working. Sure. But you get That's some companies point. that they don't. It's like, yeah. you need this thing because it has X amount of whatever. It's performance is this, performance is that. It's like, nobody really cares. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I also That's saw something point. on your website where you don't have a CEO. Was that intentional? You know, I don't know if it was an intentional, but we, uh, Rachel and I were, were very careful in the way that we've crafted our company is, you know, we, we don't really like having many titles. So, you know, the way that we kind of build our team is, and we express this to them often, is that we, we don't have this ambition of Rachel and I kind of being off on a beach one day while our team is, you know, back slave driving. I just don't think that's the way that, you know, a family, if we, if we really call them a family, that's not how family operates, you know, right. it's just like, it's like one for all and all for one. And, and so, you know, I was a manager and a creative director at, you know, corporate jobs in the agency world. But as I stepped into uh, owning our own business, you know, it's different, it's different story. You're hiring your own team. And I don't know, we just, we have such a love and appreciation for the people that we work with that I think we're just really sensitive to those lives that, that we've been given to, you know, to take care of for, you know, a couple of years or for a lifetime. And I think we tell people all the time that, you know, I would love for you to be a part of the Council Creative family forever, you know, if, if that is the right fit. But I know enough about careers that, you know, sometimes life calls you to move on and we want to support you in that. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's, we're trying to project in that, that this is not about hierarchy. This is about a collective group of people that are skilled in unique areas. And this is the best team that we can put together to really serve people that we partner with in the best way. And I so love that's, that. That's kind man. of our mentality. I love that. And it's true because if you say, if a company says, we're all about making this feel like a family, and then you look at the top and they go, well, okay. I mean, I get it sometimes. <laughs> but when you look inside council, it's like, no, a husband and wife, a family are behind this thing. Absolutely. And now we're all in this family. So you've been doing this since what, 2015, 2016? That's correct. Okay, so four years, let's call it, four and a half years. How many people have walked in and worked at council? I full think, time? Uh, yeah, full time. We probably have had about 10 total full time. That network extends pretty significantly when we start talking about contractors too. Like, I mean, you mentioned yeah. full time, but I mean, we wanted to set up, you know, initially when we started, you know, my wife and I, actually this room that I'm in right now, we had two desks set up and this was the council creative office, you know, that's the kind of the beautiful thing about small business. It, it can be very small. Mm -hmm. And I think now we're about to move into our fifth office, which is just crazy. Wow. Um, and it's going to be a really special place. But, you know, we initially thought, you know, Maybe we were before the trends saying, you know, we were just going to have a team work remote and just constantly bring in the specialist for each project because, you know, for a copywriter, for instance, you know, a copywriter who's great at, at medical writing or technical writing may not be the right one for, you know, a tourist, you know, location that's hired us to tell a story, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but then we just realized, you know, that it can be difficult to, to really build a team culture when everybody's remote. And so I think there's this balance of, having a place that they can come, but then also have some freedom to go off and, and explore. And so we do a little bit of both. We have a core team that's with us, you know, all the time and they're local to Chattanooga. And then we have, you know, upwards of 25 to 30 different contractors in different areas that we work with that are in 
all over the U.S. and some internationally too. Um, we just—it's been great getting to kind of build build that family beyond uh, just Chattanooga. When we look at you know what you what you guys pride yourselves in with building brands and relationships that matter, you know it's clear that that is the backbone of not only your relationships with the clients, but also the relationships you have with your employees. Now, I'm building this up because I can tell that that emotion is there and that mm. actual love is there. Have you ever had to fire somebody at council? I have, and that's the probably one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do. Just, it is the worst. And it's not fun. Because, again, like we said, like, hey, you can't really fire somebody from your family. Right. I mean, unless you are divorced without kids, you know, you can right. get divorced and you are firing them from your family. But that is the one thing with businesses that no matter how hard we try to make it like a family, you can still fire someone if mm -hmm. it's not right for the family. And man, it's a hard thing. How do you move past that? And how do you handle situations like that? It's through trial and error, I'll say that, through life experience. You know, they don't, I mean, they may, there's probably plenty of books on how to do it, but nothing teaches you or prepares you for those moments quite like just being in those moments for the first time. And, you know, I think about the, the time when we had to do it, the, you know, the, for the first time and I wrestled with it. I mean, honestly, I needed to make the move on a particular date. And I think I waited over a month to do it, which, you know, I've learned that you can't do that in the long term. It's not good. You know, it's not good for either one. One of our core values is we play to win and that making sure that every situation we're involved with is a win-win for all involved. So like for clients, it needs to be something that wins for us, but it needs to win for the client too. If, if client doesn't succeed, then we've not done our job. In the same way with like employees, if we're not, keeping in mind that it's a win-win situation for both and we're, we're doing our employees a dis disservice too. But, you know, I, I probably, if there was a world's softest backbone competition, I would probably <laughs> be in the top 10 in the world <laughs> because I, I genuinely care. I really do care. And that's a great aspect of leadership for caring, but it also puts you in a, in a bind when it comes to having to make some really difficult changes, you know, yeah. really emotional changes. And so, I don't know. I mean, I think I found, you know, that when you're just honest and transparent, I mean, fortunately, I haven't had letting anybody go because, you know, there was uh, something that really significantly bad happened. We haven't dealt with that. It was just either a financial situation or it just wasn't, you know, a great, great fit. But we've been fortunate in that. It's amazing how when, when you realize that it's, if it's not a good fit for you, there's a great chance that even from their perspective, it's not a great fit as well. Yeah. And so I think like when you, when you make that move, for us, fortunately, the people that we've had to say, I'm sorry, we're just going to have to move forward in a different direction. The next opportunity that opened up for them, you could tell that it was a really good fit and uh, it made it a little bit easier. And, and so that's the thing. I mean, I lost a job once in my life and yeah, it was really devastating. But the growth that came from that, like, yeah. I don't know if I'd be leading counsel right now if it wasn't for those hard times. And so I just got to think about that. Like, yes, it's hard. And when I was just honest with people about why we had to make the move, it went fine. Like it was, I was getting hugs instead of slaps, you know, like it was it's a weird moment, but um, I don't know. It, it's still really hard, but it does come with growth. You go so. into those meetings in the whole, I mean, you took a month to do it, but <laughs> no. you know, you go in and you've sweat the whole week, the whole day, whatever it is. And you go, they're going to flip over the table. 
They're going to yeah. scream. They're going to cry. It's going to be devastating for everybody. And most of the time, it's not like that. And other times, it is. I had a situation once where a guy literally punched a hole in the wall. And I'm not someone that likes confrontation. <laughs> Me either. So it, I mean, my heart was racing. And I was like, <laughs> sure. I don't know. Do I need to call the police, security, whatever it is? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, a fast follow to that emotional roller coaster is quitting a job, quite frankly. Mm. And everyone can say, you got to do what's best for you and your family as much as they want. But right. when it comes time to these people put trust in me, I've made a commitment to them, even though I didn't say how long I'd be there. Man, I tell you, I grapple over that for weeks. Mm. Just like tortures me. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I resonate with that. It's, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Well, listen, this has been a joy. I do have one more question for you, and it's the question that I ask every guest. But okay. before we get to that, where can people find out more about Council? Sure. I think the best way is just to visit councilcreative.com. We're pretty active on Instagram, too. And I think uh, probably in the next, hopefully by the end of June uh, or early July, we're going to be rolling out a new website, too. So just stick around. We've got some good things coming. Oh, very cool. I'll be sure to have that in the show notes for everybody. Now the final question I ask every guest, what non-digital object or thing that you own or possess means the most to you or has impacted your life the most and why? Non-digital thing. Yeah. Man, that's a, to narrow it down to one, that's, you know, that's, that's tough. I, I mean, to be honest, I'm a big reader. So I mean, I love books, but you know, I have to be honest, I would say for me personally, it's been, uh, it's gotta be my, my Bible to be honest with you. Um, you know, I think no matter what your religious beliefs or anti-religious beliefs are, you know, I think, uh, there's so many positive things that are in, in there. And for me, it's just, uh, it was coming down to two things and, and that one definitely took the top. But, uh, my grandfather's is, is, uh, where people that I, remind me of what Abraham Lincoln must've been like, you know, back in the day. And he's mm. just, uh, he was, it was, it was kind of a close one there, but yeah, I mean, scripture's just been really powerful for me. It's kind of guided me in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And, um, and, uh, just more than anything, just provided hope. And I think uh, the world needs hope and needs love. And those are messages that are definitely, uh, needed right now and, and really all times. So no matter what people believe, I think the world could use a lot more love. Love more hope and hope. Community. I tell you, yep. we could use a lot of that. You know, I, I've had a lot of guests say that, and I had a suspicion that you would say that just because of the vocabulary that you use in describing mm. your relationships with your employees, your relationships with mm. your spouse, and how you are a servant to people and how you, how you might love people to serve them best, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I think it all draws parallels to that. So thank you for your candid and heartfelt answer to that one. Well, I appreciate it. That's a great, that's a great question. And I hope you have a great rest of your day, week, month, and surely I'll see you before the end, but great life as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, friends. Now, before you go, I want to remind you about the course I created for all of you UX designers trying to get a job out there. Be sure to check out HiredUX.com. And lastly, I'd like to give a big shout out to my guest and to my Patreon supporters. There's a link in the description to help me out on Patreon if that floats your boat. Anyway, of course, a special shout out to my executive producer, Brian Sullivan. 
Now, until next week, friends, I can't wait to have you back. Just stay curious. Experience Design with Tony Dosat is part of XD Media, LLC. All opinions are my own and do not reflect those of my current or former employers.